In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. At the dawn of creation, there was water and spirit. So it's no surprise that at the dawn of the new creation, there is also water and spirit. When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Can you picture it? No sooner than Jesus comes up out of the water, the Spirit comes down upon him. Water and Spirit. It's the dawn of the new creation. And our Lord Jesus is at the very center of it. No wonder he said, Behold, I am making all things new. Do you remember what Jesus said to that man, Nicodemus? He said, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Plain, simple, and clear. To be baptized is to be born of water and Spirit. And it's to become entirely new. In order to become part of the new creation and part in God's kingdom, you too must be baptized. You too must be born of water and spirit. And in being baptized, you yourself are a new creation. You were once part of the old creation that fell into sin and death. You were once merely born to fleshly parents, and so you yourselves were merely flesh. That which is flesh is flesh, Jesus says. But now through baptism, you have become part of the new creation. You have now been born of the Holy Spirit, that which is spirit is spirit, Jesus says. And this is why our Lutheran confessions say so beautifully, so simply, and yet so profoundly, there is a great difference between baptized and unbaptized people. And how could it be otherwise? An unbaptized person is born of flesh and is flesh. A baptized person is born of the spirit and his spirit. In baptism, we are a new creation. The old has died. The new has come. St. Paul writes of this very thing in 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And of course, this makes for a rather strange way of speaking. In fact, it changes everything. When we had the funeral for our brother Mason here yesterday, 
I was pondering how everything changes because of baptism, including the way we speak. If we were to speak as accurately as we can, we wouldn't merely say that Mason was born on April 18, 1991. We would specify and say that he was born of the flesh that day. And then on June 16, 1991, when Mason was just about two months old, he was baptized. And it was on that day that he truly died, was buried, and rose again. And because Mason is risen again, he is a new creation. And as a new creation, what we call his death isn't actually death at all. More accurately, on January 1st of this year, Mason simply went to our Lord to await the resurrection of his body. This is what Jesus teaches when he says in John chapter 11, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Because we have been made new creatures, born of water and the Spirit, Death is no longer death for us. Rather, to speak more accurately, you already died the day you were baptized. Your true death day and your true birthday are both the day that you were baptized and became a new creature. On that same day you were baptized and died, you were also raised from the dead and born again, born of water and the Spirit, and you will never die again. In every sense, you are a new creation. And this, then, is why Peter says that baptism now saves you. That's why our Lord Jesus says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. It's not as if baptism is some work we have to do in order to get into heaven. Nor is it as if Jesus has two legal requirements that we must fulfill, two boxes that we have to check in order to be saved. You know, okay, Mr. Rohde, did you believe? Check. Were you baptized? Check. Okay, I guess you can come in. That's not what Jesus is saying. To be baptized is to be born of water and the Spirit, and it's to be a new creation, and to believe is simply to be alive. Whoever believes and is baptized is a new creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved on that last day when the old creation is finally and fully destroyed. Of course, if it happens to be the case that one is baptized and no longer believes, well, that person needs to have the Spirit of God, the Word and Spirit of God, to revive him and breathe life back into him. Such a person doesn't need to be baptized again. He's already a new creation. He simply needs to be revived. Faith comes by hearing, St. Paul says, and hearing by the Word of Christ. So when baptism is truly the case, as hard as it is for us to wrap our minds around, the old has died and the new has come. We are new creatures, and the new creation of God is already breaking in and breaking forth. This is why in the epistle reading for today, St. Paul writes, 
What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was risen from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Do you grasp what Paul is saying? Being baptized into Jesus, you have died with Jesus. You have been buried with Jesus. The old and sinful part of you has been buried along with all its sins and put away forever. And just as Christ was risen from the dead, we too shall walk in newness of life even now. So these words of Paul are both wonderfully comforting and wonderfully encouraging. Comforting because they show that we Christians still struggle with sin, and yet we're not rejected by God. And these words are encouraging because God has placed us on His side over and against our sins. That's what it means to be united with Jesus. Jesus didn't come to approve of our sinful condition or grant acceptance to our sins. Jesus came to have all the guilt of our sinful nature and to have all our sins laid upon him and then to take them away from us forever. Which means, of course, that God has shown us the the most profound and incredible grace we can ever even imagine. Your sins aren't even your sins anymore. Jesus has taken away all your sins and made them his own. This is why John recoils and doesn't understand. Why would Jesus want to be baptized in those sinful, disgusting waters and have all those sins poured over upon him? For the fulfilling of all righteousness, Jesus says. It's not for the fulfilling of his righteousness, but ours. He was washed in your sins, in his baptism, so that in your baptism you would be washed in his righteousness. God laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all, so that on the cross is an astonishing thing. Jesus becomes the sinner the only sinner. All the sins of the world are there laid upon him. And in his flesh, the power of sin and death are forever destroyed. So back to Paul's point, how on earth could we ever pursue sin or delight in sin or commit ourselves to continuing in sin? That would be completely contrary to who Jesus is and completely contrary to what Jesus did for us on the cross. Instead, we acknowledge our sins, confess our sins, and receive forgiveness, and then daily put to death and crucify the old sinful flesh that still clings to us. Listen, as St. Paul teaches these very things, he says, For if we have been united with Jesus in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him 
in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Paul continues, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So this, then, is how we think of ourselves, dead to sin. That's the old me. That's the old creation. That's not who I am. That's not what I want to pursue. And if I fall into sin, small or great, willingly or unwillingly, wittingly or unwittingly, if I fall into sin, I don't turn away from God. I turn to God. And I confess to Him in full agreement with Him that it is sin, that it is no longer who I am, no longer what I want to be. And then for the sake of Jesus and only Jesus, God forgives me and removes all my guilt. For Jesus' sake, he does not count my sins against me. It's just as David sings in Psalm 32, and as we said earlier in this liturgy, I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. You removed my guilt. You did not count my sins against me. What wondrous love is this, that God not only so lavishly forgives all of our sins, but that he makes us a new creation and truly his sons. So this is what it means to be new creatures. Though we do indeed sin, we are by no means enslaved to it. We confess it and we fight against it. We know that soon enough our sinful nature will be no more. Our sinful nature will die, and yet we shall live. What a marvel and wonder this is, that we would agree with God, acknowledge our sin and confess it, and have him remove the guilt of our sins from us so that with pure heart and clean conscience, we might know that God is not only with us, but for us, on our side, and so we may reckon ourselves just as God reckons us, dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Well, believe it or not, I tried to preach the simplest sermon on this text I could. When Jesus is baptized, when he comes up out of the water and the Spirit descends upon him, it's the dawn of a new creation. When you entered those baptismal waters with him, the old you died, and the new you was born. Born of water and the Spirit, you are a new creation. And as a new creation, you are righteous in God's sight. He not only forgives you, he does not count your sins against you. Not only does he not count your sins against you, 
but he fills you with new impulses of his Holy Spirit so that you might walk in newness of life each and every day. So as St. Paul says, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus because that's what you are. God be thanked and praised. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please rise for the offertory.